Okay, let's talk about Sam. What, what, ha what happened to Sam? Who gives a shit? Okay, so, um, oh my gosh, so much to talk about. Um, where are we starting? Got to start with Sam Altman. That's the best tech news of the week, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even think that's news. Why is it all over Twitter? What? You use Twitter? Whatever. You <laughs> still. <laughs> It's irrelevant. I think the biggest news is the CZ news, but okay, let's talk about Sam. What what, ha what happened to Sam? Who gives a shit? Well, I mean, he's the figurehead of this thing, right? And suddenly he's been taken down. What that that, that came as a surprise to me. I'd, was it not a surprise to everyone? No, oh, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Because why would you be so stupid to get rid of your founder and then not expect that to go to the co-founder and then? Employees who idolize him, you know. How yeah. long did it take for 500 people to say, Wherever you go, Sam, I go? Okay. And how many businesses go from nothing to billion dollar business in a short span of years and the founder stays the CEO? That's a pretty rare thing. Yeah. Very, very rare thing. That it's also a very rare thing that their, their structure was like a non profit and then a for profit, and you still got a bit of a Frankenstein company thing going that's on. Right. That was a bit weird. And, you, and you've got a board that's still a non profit style thinking, and yeah, it's never going to go smooth. The businesses change as they grow in size, uh, and the, the person who started it is unlikely to be qualified or capable to do the thing at a, at a larger size. It's a pretty rare skill. Um, you know, arguably, Steve Jobs never could have handled Apple at the time he was fired. He he learned to do that when he came back. And he was yeah, well, it was two Steves, right? Yeah. Um, so that's not surprising. And on top of that, they were they were a not for profit. Then they were a for profit. Holy cow! That would have created some tension. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange setup. But I think it's your speed of growth that, like, humans develop at a certain speed, right? So people who actually transition stages of growth, which everyone's rare, right? Like, if you do your coding as a startup in an established company, you're a cowboy, right? You you break too many things and it just goes wrong. But likewise, if you go at the speed of like an established company at a startup, you're going to die. So in order to transition your own personal thing through a stage of growth, takes time. You know, what's, what's I, I think interesting about it is something no one's talked about. The fact that now Microsoft is trying to hire them or maybe has, I'm not sure if that's happened, but uh, OpenAI is also Microsoft. Yeah, and Microsoft now has two very significant uh, interests and teams working on the same space in parallel. Yeah, right. And uh, that's a very common Microsoft pattern. It's a very common big big business pattern. They'll just repeat the same thing twice or three times with separate teams, and see which one wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got. To my mind, you've got ChatGPT as this tool that people use as a as a thing they can talk to, and then there's the Azure side of things where you go, the ChatGPT type thing is a service that you pay for that you can send, you know, make requests on on the API somewhere, right? And they they're very different user user bases, right? Yeah, and then there's that thing that Vincent was mentioning that GPTs like sort of do do it yourself GPTs if you want to sort of create your own little chatbot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've seen that uh, now they have like hackathons, like, you know, within 48 hours, uh, try to make your own GPT. This is something that used to take like an entire business, right? Like the whole business is based on the fact that oh, 
we can create this GPT, this uh, uh, AI assistant for you that can do all those wonderful things. And now within a hackathon, try to create that and just like uh, put the business to shame. Is but there's an interesting aspect to it as well, right? And like in, in my mind, it was always going to end up at Microsoft, right? They did their investment, but they did it with lots of credits and other things to run it, right? It's hugely expensive to run, right? Massively expensive. And the problem is, is it it's really got a lot of hype, but a lot of its promise under delivers. Like the one thing it lacks is accuracy. Like you can't rely on anything it says, right? So you can't. Mm. So what application yeah okay. yeah so what applications can you use where it can come up with an answer that you can't rely on right it's actually yeah, quite, it limits the scope down a lot so there'll be a business yeah. front where you start using it there's the initial flurry of oh this is really cool and exciting but then when you start getting into it you just go that's eh, nah you know so there's going to be a business crunch at some point this at least resets their runway a bit more if they just go ah it's just a microsoft thing let's do it Wait, have you used the copilot? The you know the ChatGPT embedded inside of Visual Studio Code? Yeah. Like this is so useful for me. It's actually accurate like 90% of the time. Or even when it makes some mistakes, it's fine. I can just re-ask it and it's gonna fix it, which is kind of weird, but like why can you I, fix it? I rarely time? use it for code. Oh, I really? I do for tests, you know, and it does the dumb tests for me, you know, test that this is null, empty, you know, out of bounds sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual code, I don't know, I just find it like the autocomplete stuff is, you know, pretty useful at times, right, with just basic structures, for loops and things like that, and it will just give yeah. a little gray box again. Yeah, that's okay. But then I end up just editing all that code that it puts in anyway. I've been this using is... the um, chat panel recently. I've got yeah. some new code base I'm looking at that's an open source project written in C++. I haven't touched C++ in 20 years, so the, it's, the language has changed a fair bit. Yeah. And, um, so just being able to ask it, like, what the hell is this doing? And it will go, and it's in the context of your code base. So it's a chat GPT session that can see your files or the ones you've got open and goes, oh, yeah, well, that's doing this, and that's calling that, and that's, you know. So and I love you that. that it's actually genuinely helpful? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does it ever swear or, you know, <laughs> seem a bit depressed? Or? about the state of you know some library or why something's not designed right it'd be yeah. so funny if it did though yeah explain this code patrick in, i think patrick we need to create yeah. a patrick ai yeah <laughs> uh, for spits hot takes at you that just yeah. gives you some, <laughs> some uh some realism every now and then yeah. <laughs> but hey, i'll so, tell you though using c plus plus again like mm. the speed is so different <laughs> to the other, you know, just literally anything garbage collected is garbage, right? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the speed as in the runtime or the compiler? Just no, no, just the actually, I've been using Zig as the compiler. Have you played with oh, Zig? No, no it's yeah, yeah. to look at, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's really interesting. It's it, it there's three, uh, we've completely gone off track, but there's there's like three ways to adopt Zig. Right, you can use it as a drop-in for GCC and and um, and G plus plus. Right, Clang. you can just go. Yeah. I use it instead. Yeah, um, you can use it as your as your make files. So you can write Zig scripts, big programs as a make file as a build script, yeah. um, and then past that you can go. Well, actually, now you've got Zig running your code. You can just intersperse Zig files in your C plus plus code, or you can just write your whole thing in Zig. Right. So, so you can, um, uh, yeah, and it's. Um, it's very interesting. And the language itself has got some really interesting decisions, I thought. Mm. Anyway, well, 
It's a complete aside. But, no, uh, I like it. Good, good I like the sides that most the sides are my favorite part. Like what makes it why do you say it's faster? Oh, uh, just just um so I'm currently working on a on a I'm using a, a open source tool I found called Exact Extract, which takes um, raster, uh, it takes a raster file and a bunch of geometries, and it basically split, compa compares them and works out various statistics for you, right? But it's it's a number crunching. It's literally grab a bunch of data and another bunch of data and smash it together, right? And when I was looking at various ways that I could parallelize this and like do it with lambdas or something to sort of split the the raster down into boxes and then like get them processed independently, right? And you're like, well, I could do that. <laughs> but there's a tool here that like is isn't in Python, right? And it's not Python because Python is a is a a lot of the GDAL stuff is all done in Python. But Python with like various library C++ libraries in the back end that are doing all the work, right? But you always get this weird overhead where you if data memory things go over the memory boundary. Anyway, the um, <laughs> uh, this thing's written in C++ calls into the C++ libraries and it just loops through and does the work and it's just really fast. Are you saying that like... our, are you saying that our CPU today are actually really fast but somehow we make them bog <laughs> Well, this is what I'm discovering, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not even using any, you know, SIMD or any like, you know, uh, graphics card or anything like that. It's single threaded as well, right? It's not even it's like I've seen it swap between CPUs occasionally, but it's not like it's not doing anything hard. It's just takes the data and smashes it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. There's a process we were currently had that was taking like 24 hours in it by using some web, web, web service to do the work, and now it takes three hours. So it's just like, like different. <laughs> it's very different. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm sure I can get it faster than that. It's using just, it's a very simple code base. I'm sure I can make it quicker. You have to share anyway. with Zig. I'm interested. I'm going to take a look. Yeah, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, something to do with um, <laughs> the, OpenAI. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, my other point was most people outside tech don't even know who Sam is. They they don't know. And so it won't be relevant. They'll keep using ChatGPT. It'll it'll still be a thing. Um, you know, And maybe a few people will move with them, and they'll go do another parallel of it, and that's fine, and that's good. They'll do stuff. And uh, competition is good. Well, you know, you know, I didn't know about Sam or like I never heard about him before the news. And when I read the news, it says like OpenAI um, like ousted Sam. Uh, yeah. Like from the way I read it, I thought like, wait, the AI decided to fire uh, the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like I picked out the CEO. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking, wow, that's it. Uh, the AI has taken over. That would explain things if the AI was the board. <laughs> you always spend uh, a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, was it a good decision, though? I mean, from what it seems like, you know, it seemed like it made sense. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, it, it seemed like a dumb decision. Um, you know, companies are people in the end, right? Oh, you know, and you got to keep your people on board. If you have yeah, those sorts of choices, the, then you're asking for trouble. The CEO can never match the intelligence of the AI. So, you know, it, it was a good move to get rid of him, you know. And replace it with like <laughs> a completely sentient being. <laughs> no, like anyway, I, I think the other thing to note with the uh, GPTs and all that, you know, wiping out the startups that were made around that is like Chat GPT is only a, less than a year old. I looked it up; it's thirtieth of November, twenty twenty two. Like it's it's like my COVID brain still gets like timelines like really mixed messed up. So I think like oh, Chat GPT that came out two years ago. And it's like. No, it was 12 months ago. 
So like this stuff's mm -hmm. so early still. Yeah. And yet he has done so much damage already. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined one man's career. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting thing, right? I, I still think all, this whole space is one of those revolutionary technologies that come along rarely. I mean, I mean you know me, guys, right? Everyone goes, hey, check out this cool thing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just a thing. <laughs> you know, it's not exciting. But, you know, th this is this is great. It will change things, but it is so young, you know. Yeah. It'll take a few years. But in order to get that work, competition is a good thing. You know, and it's a tight comp, so it's going to develop fast. Hey, so speaking of competition, let's move on to CZ. Come on. Did everyone read the headlines? No, they did not. Fill me in. Yeah. So you know about SPF and uh, FTX and all that stuff in the news last month, right? Okay. Yep. The You know the other crypto exchange, Binance, and it's run by this guy, CZ. I forget his full name. Um who were always the, you know, oh, we're not FTX. We're actually the good guys. We're definitely not corrupt. Um, $4 right. billion dollar plus fine done for uh, money laundering with a whole bunch of terrorist organizations and the founders being kicked out, CEO guys kicked out, and it's all released today. Wow. Yeah. He was and the one that... Yep. Threw SBF under the bus, right? Like, this is the one that threw SBF under the bus. Because he's well, like, I'm the supposedly. I'm yeah. the proper guy. I'm the proper businessman. I do things right. And then like, look at those guys. It's a tire fire. Yeah, then... that's right. I'm in fact, I don't trust FTX. I'm going to take my money out. And that caused FTX. It started a chain reaction which blew up. Um, and it turns out the guys done for money laundering and Binance is in trouble. And they have to get oh, out of the US or something. And there's a there's a laundry list of uh, things that they're going to do. Yeah, and, and the regulation is tight, right? So I know just from us doing just regular finance and savings and things, it's really tight, you know, and especially the money laundering and that sort of stuff. And, and you're looking across at the crypto stuff and just oh, well, the worst they they're in for it sooner. Yeah, or yeah. Later. and this isn't this isn't like some little thing. This isn't like oh he didn't know about some regulation and did something wrong directly found guilty of money laundering yeah and and it lists all the organizations and bad guys that he laundered for yeah not nice wow. yeah it always seems like these fraudsters just think they're smarter smarter than the system like they just get away with it it sort of seems surprising they always get caught out yeah it's, it's, hang on, you're, you're, you're saying you're, you're wondering why the whole crypto space attracts a certain kind of person. Like, like normally every time he goes, oh, we're talking about crypto, you go, all right, guys, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> but you go, no, no, wait, it's about them going to jail. Go, and this, this, is, this is what's hilarious, right? So I popped on X and had a look and there's a whole, everyone's going off about how, you know, this is good. Now he can, he can focus on some DeFi thing and he's going to start a new business. And, you know, he's such a great guy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't, I don't know him personally, but still, I find it. Prison sentence for him? Or... Oh, yeah. There's, there, there's an interesting thought. You'd think, you know, if someone did something that bad, there'd be some talk about prison. There isn't? Nope. Not that I saw. I think he's just, he's got a, he's got a personal fine and then the company's got a billion, $4 billion fine or something like that. How would they pay a $4 billion fine? Do they have that much cash? Or do they just need to go and launder some more? They've got that <laughs> much Bitcoin. Make it. Yeah, that's right. 
Pain peacock. Do you accept fluffy bucks? Yeah. I'd have to read the whole thing. We can um, try and find the article. It's uh, it won't be hard to find. I read. I'll consider a link. I read Molly White's. Um, Molly's take uh, on it. Yeah, Molly yeah. has some good takes. Yeah, did did you it? see her coverage of uh, uh, SBF? No, to be honest, this uh, this the journalism's got gotten really good. Like there's so many independent journalists now, but it's just like it's so deep now. Like I just to read of, on any of these topics can take like an entire day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, she had a good take. She went to the trial and actually wrote down what she saw. Um, anyway, what else? We had a list of other things to talk about. Let's see. Hmm. React as your day job. Hold on. Does that mean Pat has a job again? Pat yeah, I'm employed again. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. And uh, React yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Just, use, just do use effect everywhere. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah that's it's it. perfect. Yeah, it's fixed. Uh, this, this code base is pretty young, but there's already so many <laughs> use effects. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast on uh, Unscripted. Is it Unscripted? Yeah. By, yeah, um, yeah. Toadman. Richard yeah, that's Feldman, it. Yeah, yeah. Richard Feldman. He was talking to somebody about React and just going, like, how did they get to where they got to and is it really a good idea at all? I thought that, that was really interesting. Oh, what was his outcome? <laughs> yes, it's still good. Uh, well, no, I'm going it, back. It, they, went, they went into the history of why did hooks turn up and what, what were they trying to solve with it? And um, uh, the host was saying how it felt like it was a like a massive change for something that didn't really need a massive change to fix. Oh, it needed. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was a really interesting take on it. I thought I thought it was um, worth listening. I, I, to. I actually think uh, that Dan Abramov did a talk introducing some hooks uh, called like ninety percent cleaner React or something like that, yeah. and it was just like it's an example of you know a nervous yeah. guy doing a brilliant talk where it was just code and going, I'm just going to show you how I'm going to clean up with some use state hooks and what it comes up yeah. looking like, getting rid of classes and like it's it's a masterclass in storytelling with code. Um, watch it, it's great. And and you look at that and you just go, hell yeah, I'm in. Like that's how I was sold on the hooks and functional programming. It was just 10 minutes of just going, watching him come out with something better. Yeah. Um, brilliant, I'm in. My, my biggest problem, I've probably talked about this before, my biggest problem is like it gives you these escape hatches, which is sort of yeah. fine, like because you need them, but they like go against the whole grain of being functional, yeah. declarative, like use effects and use ref. Like they're really imperative. And so they just like break, they just turn your components into a huge mess. Yeah, right. And, and I've got the same problem you've got, Patrick, that I keep coming across code bases where people use use effect everywhere. Like they, they don't have the React mindset of, <laughs> right. So, so rather than rather than going, oh, look, this is the thing that's going to get re-rendered from the top whenever the data changes, yeah. and let's just relying on that, they go, how do I tell this thing to re-render? Like, what do I have to do to make it do its thing? And yeah, you don't. It does it. That, it's, the framework does that. There's escape hatches where you, you've got some third-party side effect thing you've got to deal with, but most of the time you'd never need it, right? And yet I see it littered all through the code. Yeah, yeah and you look at third-party packages and they use the hell out of it, and then like often, uh, get office just making this up, but I feel like often like you put these things are meant to compose together, but they sort of don't compose together well because then they like, now you things like re-rendering all the time, and then you have to like optimize it. Yeah. Um, 
there's often clues right when you see when you see your code right and you've got it you know more than one of you know either use memo use callback um you know yeah. or a string of use effects and stuff you go mm, probably you know kind of my inner eye on going is it really what it's supposed to do you know, <laughs> should it be broken down is it a bit simpler and you know the answer is it's normally you know too complicated you know simple <laughs> things are good things but getting simple things is hard it's it's a good i think react yeah. components are a good example of like the slightly wrong abstraction and then you want to just do something that's like maybe a little bit imperative or like these doing a side effect and it just doesn't have the right puzzle piece and so yeah. then you just and then you just it just doesn't it's just a sort of slightly wrong model and that's why they're transitioning to this like react server components but like that's still early not mature and still like looks like it's going to have some funny looking puzzle pieces and it's just yeah. fundamentally i think the problem is this like component first thing where it's like everything has to be a component and then if you can't like shove your square peg into that round hole it's just like like maybe it's not you shouldn't be using react to solve that problem yeah like 15 years ago there was a .NET plugin framework there's this framework that you could plug into do your .NET apps that allow that basically did this thing where you rather than having data binding which i absolutely hate that was that was all over .NET um it had this alternative where um you have these things and then whenever you call a function and it's trying to calculate some value to put on the screen it keeps track of like what other functions it called and they basically get listed in a thing that keeps track of it all and then at some point it goes oh one of those functions is one of those values has changed that means all these things that depended on that need to be recalculated and it just did all that for you right and surprisingly now we've got signals coming up in like um in very in view i think it is that's got signals now I don't know. Well, one of one of them's got this, thing, which is exactly that pattern, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> and a, that's, it, and a it's, pattern. that's a pattern of use state and things like that. Yeah, and it, and uh, it works not, so well. Not, no, it's, it's so different. clean. It's a different. Uh, it's very very similar. You've you've got stuff in there. And you want to listen to it when it changes. You know, there's no. It's, you can really implement it any any number of ways. So so the way that use the way that React works is go goes JavaScript as a model. JavaScript is this like java-esque object-orientated thing yeah we've got like these primitives we've got like numbers strings what else like there are primitives and then you got like our collections our objects and stuff are reference types so then that means if you want to like compare an, one array to another you have to like create a whole copy of it so then it's like reference its pointer is different and it's just like that like leaks through all the way through your reactor and that's why you have to create like immutable copies of everything Whereas the signal approach is like basically behind those scenes, you've got like little revisions, like little counters. And it goes like, hey, whenever this thing changes, like its version changes, like this is version four, this is version, this thing changes, it's version five. And then it just has to sort of work out the dependencies between all of them and then work out which calculations to like update. And then one of those calculations might be your render function and that like re-renders on screen. Then if that makes any sense but is it wrong to say i don't care like <laughs> just make something i'll i'll use it right like it, it's still the same. It, you, you change something i uh, want something to it's just all do everything in c plus plus we'll all be happy i think there's um there's something to having the right underlying abstraction like, like with any of these ui frameworks right there's usually edge cases you end up having to know about yeah. right and really i want the framework that has the least number of edge cases i have to care about and by default it just does the right thing um 
and that this this pattern of like your your things are all watchable in some way and you don't know or notice in your code and when you call a function it keeps track of what things got called in that process and magically just goes you know but you change that i'll make sure that these things things get updated um seems to be the winner in my mind as to like it's the approaches that i don't have to worry about the most in, in anything in anything you do the feature that you don't have to actually know exists yeah is the most valuable you know exactly whether yeah. whether it be code or your application space or anything just 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 make it happen have less entering have less things yeah less leaky abstractions less it's, just, it's really hard to make an abstraction that's not going to leak though especially yeah totally you, yeah because yeah. like just or, like or make the abstraction so obvious like the the whole um thing of there is like uh elm right there is state you have an update function and a render function right you can't not understand how that works right and if something's not working you go oh well okay you, you didn't render it correctly because you, your render code is wrong or your update code is wrong the state didn't change right it it's just so simple you, and it just works and there's no edge cases really right <laughs> until it talks to javascript anyway <laughs> Okay, like one of okay, the move on. You guys can uh, all go breathe into a nice little brown box. And, you know, <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else we want to talk about this npm thing, or are we done? Uh, I would love to talk about it at some point. It's probably a deep dive into Win32. That'd be an awesome episode, but we don't have to do that today. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> it's been too many memories. The last time I did Windows apps, I was using VB6. <laughs> Have I'm you like, done Windows apps, Nigel? I love VB6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. yeah. This will be an awesome. I loved WinForms. WinForms was awesome. WinForms okay. was great. I've heard of these APIs, but I basically know nothing about them. All. It was, yeah. Like everything else was a step back for years. WinForms was just like you couldn't make anything really pretty in it without a lot of hard work, but everything looked like a Windows app. You chucked together, it looked like a Windows app, and anyone using it went, oh, I know where the menus are. I know how to use it. It's just a Windows Isn't app. Isn't uh, it? You couldn't make it look pretty without a lot of effort. What a Windows app is. Exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it's, no. The, it's the, the style guide. Is that? That's right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Winforms was so good. Yeah. I remember one of my first jobs uh, at Microsoft 20 years ago. Do you remember this, Vin? We um, we built a version of Winforms for Windows CE that could run on oh my God. Windows yes? devices. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even remember what I was doing at Microsoft, and probably. No, I remember I was playing games a lot. But... <laughs> <laughs> I remember what he was doing at Microsoft. Yes. I just liked. You he, had he just like refuses a... to admit he was he, he was part of Windows CE. <laughs> <laughs> you literally had a, a visual editor that you could drag things onto, and then say, when this thing resizes, that thing should keep its distance from that thing on yeah. this edge and this edge. Awesome. And, it, like, and it just worked. Was it? it was so good. It was Interface. so good. Interface Builder had this as well on the Mac and on Next, which I think are where a lot of this stuff is drawn from. Yeah, I'll go yeah, out on a limb and I'll say that the Microsoft developer tools was always the things that was good in the Apple ones. Sucked. Still yeah. suck. Still X, X Xcode's bloated as hell. I, I agree with you there. Heck, I can't even upgrade it sometimes on a if you've got an older laptop, it's like you know 16 gig then you've got to download another 16 gig and then it's got to decompress so you basically empty your hard disk just to do an upgrade unfortunately the apple disk prices are really cheap so <laughs> yeah i'm just curious you all use windows because i don't know like 
I no, can't stand Windows guy. anymore. Like ever since I've been on Mac, like as soon as I touch Windows, I find it so slow and so clunky. And yeah. like for some reason, it keeps wanting to install new stuff all the time. I'll, so I'll tell you what. I used to think that, so I, I started on Windows, then I went to Mac, and then I went back to Windows. And it's uh, and I used to be fairly negative on it, but it's actually pretty good these days. It's, it's actually really, really, really good. And it's not slow, it's not clunky, and it's better than Mac OS. So okay, I'd give okay. it another spin. I have a hard time believing you. And actually, you know, even like, like I, I had my laptop, and I don't know if it's because of Windows or anything, but basically it was just sitting there doing nothing. And suddenly like the fans just keep bursting like crazy. I have no idea why. And then this is, I don't know, I just attributed that to Windows, but maybe the laptop is crap. No, Although, you've got to remember, Windows operates in a very different ecosystem. You've got all these different hardware manufacturers making all sorts of variations of everything. And it's, there's one operating system that's trying to work with everything. That's really, really hard. It's got a much tougher problem. Uh, Mac OS doesn't have that problem, but yeah. look, these days, you know, is it is it dramatically better? No, it's probably equivalent, but it's, it is very good and it's totally usable. Okay, uh, I'm going since since Apple Silicon and that transition as well, it's light years ahead of Windows. Yeah, I don't buy that. Don't buy that at all. And I'm, I'm not selling it to you. I'm keeping mine. Keeping <laughs> the hardware works, you know, like the people who use Windows think like this, this is fine, this is awesome, and then. For me, who uses a Mac, I'm thinking like people who are using Windows are crazy. This is impossible to use, and then we're like totally living in different worlds, you know. We just don't like paying seven thousand dollars for a laptop. Like, yeah, it's, fair it's ridiculous. I pay seven thousand. I don't. I don't want to pay seven thousand for a laptop that you know basically uh, burns a hole in my desktop. Yeah, <laughs> it's the fans are atrocious. The the thermal management on that sort of stuff, they're all terrible. So it's not so having the hardware being built with the operating system guys in tote with apple silicon these days is an absolute phenomenal achievement of what they've done in such a short yeah, until they remove all the ports and you know make they, it easy, no, no. It yeah, yeah no no they, they remove the, the, the motherboard so you can't change the ssd even though it wears over time that's true oh you want to upgrade it oh you know if you that is the, the principle it. of uh you know uh simplicity you know like uh, perfection is actually when you cannot remove anymore right or like i don't know the saying but you know you want to uh, yeah. make it as simple as possible and i'm really grateful that they did that they got rid of all the like you still want to use the, the, the computer modularity and you want optionality so that when the thing that wears or degrades over time is no longer useful you can swap it out and you can put in a different one um, you want that in, in expensive. No, Apple, Apple took a different perspective. They've gone, no, what you really want is speed, all right? So get rid of separate RAM, get rid of all those things. I've been, they've always been anti-repair from the get-go, but having that system on a chip, man, that's speed difference from, I had like the latest generation before the Apple Silicon and transitioned across to that. And like your first day is just going, holy hell, it is light years different. I, I have not noticed. I know what Mac guys are doing, but last, mm -hmm. 10 years, everything is instant. It doesn't, speed is no longer an issue, right? Like, cool. I, I don't know what software you guys are. I know Vincent yeah. likes to do all this JavaScript stuff that, that's super slow, but um, <laughs> <laughs> speed is not an issue. Vincent obviously <laughs> writes programs more than four lines long, I mean. <laughs> you know, I mainly write games in JavaScript, and then for, for me, like they, they run like super fast, and 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, then you run on a normal laptop and it dies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's weird, actually. Yeah. You know, the, the, the problem there is not Apple Silicon. They're like, that's not the solution. The solution is, you know, all the bloated software in between your but code. I can't fix all the bloated software. I can buy a laptop. <laughs> right. Uh, that's so. How, how am I, how am I this, gonna, this is the problem, Pat. This is the attitude that causes this, right? Exactly. Yeah. Bloat. We you had know, Nigel's awesome going story. Today, of, you know, what, what project? I'm, I'm one man. What can I do to improve the entire ecosystem? I can't. Use Zeke. Yeah. Go, remove, go <laughs> remove bloat. Like we heard Nigel's story of like, hey, if you just like write a, in a lowish level language or just a language that is not bloated to hell and an ecosystem is not bloated to hell, like computers are like really fast and he wasn't running it on Apple Silicon. That's like, right. Yeah, it's, there's so much opportunity that's being lost in modern software. Yeah, yeah. so what we, we added lots and lots of bloat, and the, to overcome it, we decided to, you know, make our computers throw away seven thousand dollar pieces of crap, rather than <laughs> modular supercomputers. No, no, you can get you can get rid of bloat, right? You can you can have Linux, you can strip it down, you can just have your little editor in there and compiler, and that's all it's got, and away you go. But you don't do that because you want the other stuff as well. Right, like, you're going. Yeah, I still want to go and watch Netflix after work and uh, yeah, but have, have a nice mail editor. Heck, I don't even like using the command line for Git. You know, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I love it. All, <laughs> all, these, all these things are so like the Netflix, like the video codec. The Apple Silicon uh, chips have like a dedicated decoder and hardware to decode the video format. Like all that stuff's like super quick. But still, I'm not sure about Netflix. But still, like you just use like discord or just like even google meet or just like any of these things and they're like laggy and shitty and it's just so annoying not on apple silicon you, you know i thought even on apple silicon oh, rubbish preview, preview the topic for next time let's yeah. talk about how shitty ui is in some some instances <laughs> oh, that'd be good uh, uh, and could we have a, a kind of want to get like live coding or like live like sure. could you use um Win32, like should we build a Win32 app on the um, on the podcast? Only if you've got to spare three weeks. What? Why does it take so long? It's a bit slower. No, it takes a bit longer. I'll do it in JavaScript. We can get done in a day. In I a could app. do a Cocoa app in like 30 minutes. Why is it so hard? Really? Yeah, it's so easy. You so can do a WinForms app in 30 minutes. Okay, maybe do WinForms. Oh, we could do like yeah. live programming. Like we have yeah, a cool. code, and then we all like criticize him as he's doing <laughs> the code. We have one application, we write it in about 20 different ways. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and whoever yeah. gets their first wins. Whoever writes the fastest code. That works. Code. Yeah, that works. Just let me know what the idea is first, Craig, so I can find the 10 NPM packages I need. I'll, I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give you six months heads up so you can write some orb thing and uh, write a <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like the idea of having spin-off shows where like, maybe a couple of us pair on something. And uh, those are not, are not this like regular catch-up, but they're a separate. Like, That'd be cool. Yeah, we, yeah. we should really do that. Yeah, And we could demonstrate something. Like, we could demonstrate Z. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Video, you know, like uh, uh, the competency of some of us, and then you know that that might make us like unmarketable for job market. <laughs> 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 I think, worry about 
as I've as I've got older, I've discovered that you don't have to come across like you know everything. Just be honest about what you do and don't know, hmm. right? Um, I, I was kind of yeah. talking, you know. I think we'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, there, totally. There's totally a saying, fine. right? Like, I'm like we're just going to be away for that episode. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a saying, right, that the people that work on CPUs and stuff, like, look at C as a high-level language. It just matters, like, which level of the stack you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, another, another interesting... Until next time. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. <laughs> All right, next...